last conversation I'm going to share with you, uh, the 31st interview, <laughs> is one that I had with Brenda Baker. And Brenda is someone that I actually met in person in February, uh, the week that the Lord dumped this conference idea on me. And um, she was at the same business conference that I was at. And we met, I was there with my husband, she was there with her husband, and the first night before the conference even started, we met and we just, you know, opened up and started having a conversation. And what I loved about her <laughs> right from the beginning was that she was so open and honest and real about uh, not only her life story, but where she was at currently and her thoughts and opinions on things and what she thought the Lord was leading her to do. And, uh, you know, it was just a very real conversation that we had, even though we had just met each other a few minutes before. And so when the Lord gave me this idea of a summit, she was someone that kept coming to mind. And it's really cool because once I had started taking steps forward in um, doing this conference, uh, that right at that same time, she sent me a message just checking up saying, hey, you know, what are you up to? Um, what's the Lord leading you to do in your business? Uh, how are things going? And she just, you know, reached out to send an encouraging message. And I was like, well, actually, can I interview you? <laughs> um, and she was just so gracious to agree. Uh, so I'm excited for you to hear Brenda's story. And, um, you know, God is so faithful. <laughs> and I just think of all of the people who are here and you who are listening you're here for a reason. You're listening to these interviews for a reason. And um, we all have different difficulties as part of our story. We all have different um, things in our background and our history and struggles that we've had. And we also all have different successes and high points of our story. But the Lord is so faithful that he, even those lowest parts and even those highest parts, he can use all of it. He can use your personality. He can use your gifts. He can use the trials in your life. Um, he can use the successes and the celebrations, uh, the victories that you can have. He wants to use every single part of your story. Um, he wants you <laughs> to not keep your story to yourself, to not keep your life to yourself. And I'm not, not not just talking about the past, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I'm also talking about what you're going through right now. He wants you to share those things with other people, to live in community with other people. And um, he wants to use all of you, your gifts, your talents, your personality, your stories, your history, your background, all of it. He wants to use all of you. Uh, he loves you so much, and he created you for a purpose. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm excited for you to hear just what that has looked like with Brenda. And um, I'm just praying, you know, I know that you will find encouragement from it and that the Lord will speak to you in whatever way he wants to speak to you and in whatever he wants you to learn through this. that you are here and I'm excited to get to talk with you. I know some of your story, um, but I'm excited to learn more about you. Um, could you give just like a 30 second intro to who you are and what you do? 
Absolutely. Uh, my name is Brenda Baker, and I am the founder of Moms Mix Family Blender. Dot com, which is a blog, and then I'm also the author of Helping Others Helps Me. Um, my book specifically, I feel like God gave to me, and so it's it's been such an interesting journey <laughs> since August when I published it, and uh, anyways, my husband and I have been married for 23 years. We have five boys, four grandkids, and yeah, I've I've had a lot of ups and downs for sure. All right. Well, let's step back and um, I would love to hear more of your story um, and how you got to where you are today. Just kind of the background. Okay. All right. Well, when I was in first grade, I was diagnosed with dyslexia. Um, and in my day, there wasn't a lot of uh, opportunities for children who didn't learn like everybody else to be in a natural setting um in the classroom so i got removed from the classroom and put in with the mentally handicapped kids now that was good in the fact that i learned a love for those people that i wouldn't have had otherwise it was bad in the fact that my peers nitpicked me and were terrible they were horrible to me they said terrible things to me and unfortunately because i'm such a words person it affected me in a way that it was the story I ended up telling myself. And I have an eye that's totally like, <laughs> it's watering. So I'm sorry. Anyways. Um, so fast forward that to, as I got older, when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, well, let me back up just for a second. As I went along in school, I figured out really quick how to work the teachers because you got to remember they were all, they were dealing with these mentally handicapped kids. And then there was me and my cousin, actually, my cousin was dyslexic as well. Um, so they only had so much time and there was only two of them. And the one, as I remember it was only there sometimes. So you got one teacher with approximately five, mentally handicapped kids and then two normal kids and they had a lot on their plate and so as we went along you know I learned really fast how to work the teachers to do what my work for me basically and so fast forward that to sophomore year of high school they put me into regular classes I had almost never been in a normal class to learn. I'd been in there for, you know, story time and, you know, those things, but not to learn. And so I was completely inept. <laughs> and, and I was still telling myself this story that I was stupid. I couldn't learn, blah, blah, blah. And it did not serve me very well at all. Um, so anyways, what I ended up doing was I met the wrong guy. I married the wrong guy. I had a child with the wrong guy and that wrong guy was very abusive, uh, specifically with words, but there were other things that he was abusive in. And that ended up being four years of uh, a lot of learning <laughs> lessons, hard learning lessons, because I chose. Um, I wasn't raised in a Christian home and so I knew about God, but what I had learned about God in the church that my parents went to was he's harsh and angry and 
you follow his law, you know, and that's what I learned. And I actually had Wednesday night classes where the person in charge would hit me with a ruler because I was that kid that would be like, well, why? But why? But what does, that doesn't make sense to me. And I would ask a lot of really off, out, out there, out of the box questions that this, this person didn't enjoy. And it wasn't how she was taught. And yeah, so I ended up being in that class, kind of the rebellious kid, which I kind of was because I'm an only child. And my parents kind of let me be in charge, if you will. I'm not saying that they never taught me or trained me, but I am saying that from a very young age, again, I learned how to work them against each other to get what I wanted. And so I was a very spoiled, very self-centered child, but I also had a huge heart for others, you know, and that's kind of why the handicapped kids class was so good for me because I didn't have siblings. I didn't have to deal with anybody I didn't want to. And if I had friends that didn't do what I wanted, then I just didn't hang out with them, you know? And so God used all of that to kind of be my story, but he made it beautiful in the end. Um, at 21, I ended up divorced. I finally got away from that very abusive man. And, you know, from the time I got pregnant, I started realizing, oh, great. What have I done? I'm bringing a child into this you would actually take me and drop me off at the abortion center and say, you get rid of that. I'll come back when it's gone, you know? And he, he was terrible. Thankfully, I was smart enough to know not to do that because I literally, there's no way I would have ever forgiven myself if I would have gone through with that. And, and I would, I would flat out lie to him. Oh yeah, it's, it's done. We're good. You know, but I didn't really think about, you know, <laughs> as I got bigger, you know, so that didn't work out too good. But, um, so, you know, divorced at 21 at not quite 22. I met my husband now at work and I worked in a nursing home and he was the oxygen man. And I, you know, he was allowed to bring, <clears throat> excuse me, his, his, he had two kids. He was also divorced had been for three years before I met him. He had two boys and I had one and I didn't bother to tell Mike that I had a son because I'd seen him with his children because he would bring them into the, into work sometimes. But I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I wanted to see what he would do. I, I think, I don't even know why I didn't tell him, but so, um, you know, we, we got close really fast and Mike has always been the type of person that he would say things and then move on to a different subject, specifically things about God. Cause he was a Christian. He, he knew the Lord, he knew all of these things. He knew what he wanted to a certain degree. Uh, but I didn't, you know, I didn't know God and I didn't live my life in a godly way. Um, and so it was really good for me because he'd say things and then I'd think about him and I'd be like, what? And then I'd bring it up later. And so we would, we would, you know, talk about things. It got to the point where I was like, all right, tell me some more about this. And he's like, no, I'm not going to study with you. And I was like, what? Why? Like, I, I need 
to know things. And he's like, no, you can go, you can go study with another woman. I'm not going to teach you. Cause he had had some bad situations where other women just wanted him. They didn't really want to do the right thing. And he was trying to avoid that. So that's why he wouldn't study with me. So long story short, I ended up becoming Christian and I firmly believe that God would have put whoever in my path because I was, I think I was a truth seeker even way back then. But the way that Mike did it with such grace and whatever, I, I, you know, it's because of him that I became a Christian because his words matched his actions. And that wasn't necessarily the case with my dad. So that just kind of, so the, your question was how, like what my story is. Basically I came from being rebellious and ridiculous and God made something really crazy good out of really, really bad choices. And so Mike and I got married. We had three boys. Uh, my boy, the, our middle son, Mike ended up adopting when he was five because my ex didn't want him. He was just, he, he never came and saw him or anything anyways. So it was, it was a win-win. Uh, our middle son, Cody has always seen Mike as his, as his dad, because Mike came into his life when he was not quite two. And so, you know, he, he just has always had that thing. And, and what I love about Mike as well is that he always treated my child like his own, even long before he you know, he was his own, which really encouraged me to treat his two sons like my own and just really take them on, you know, and it, it was a tough ride though, because, you know, he had a very angry ex-wife and Mike was deployed to Iraq twice. And the first deployment was 18 months. And that was, it was hard because his ex-wife did every, anything and everything to make problems. I mean, she amped it up like 400 notches when he was gone. And, and so that was tough, but God really used all of those things to kind of help me be who I am today. And so the ugly stuff is still ugly, but it's, it's made something beautiful, you know? So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing. I love, um, like even you keep bringing things out as you're talking about, you know, even before you knew the Lord, where it's like the Lord was using something and cultivating something in you. Um, and I love how you mentioned that um, you were someone who was seeking truth. And so mm -hmm. you think the Lord <laughs> was going to reveal himself to you and lead you along to find truth no matter what. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I just think that, that, that I love that about the Lord where mm. he is so gracious and so willing to, you know, okay. If, if someone is actually seeking truth, he will provide a way um, yep. for them to find it. Yep. Um, so yeah, I love that. Um, what do you feel like the Lord has called you to in this season of your life? Um, you know, maybe the past six months or year, what do you feel mm -hmm. like the Lord has called you to in this season? You know, I have, I have a blog. I have, I have a following. I am really, really passionate about being anti-feminist, anti-Me Too movement because it's hurting the family. It's hurting the marriage. And so what 
I feel like I've been called to at this, at this point in my life is to impart biblical, without quoting scripture to everyone, biblical principles. And when asked, I say, these are the thing, you know, this is, this is what God chose. This is what he wants. Um, I use my platform to try to go against Hollywood, go against what Hollywood is trying to say marriage should look or uh, love should look like. Um, I, yeah, I, I just, I really feel like God has given me this passion to try to help women to be more and do more rather than push their husbands down and, you know, kick him in the gut and, you know, treat him like one of the children. Because I mean, yeah, sometimes our husbands do act like the, one of the children. And he, that's, that's kind of good, you know, because left up to myself, I would be like, all right, we're going to get all these things done. We're going to do, you know, and then my husband, he just, he's more playful and uh, in some ways, you know, and he, he brings a different dynamic to our family, which is wonderful, you know? So I guess that's my biggest, my biggest thing at this point. Uh, would you mind sharing some more about that? You mentioned, you know, how you two bring different dynamics to your family. Um, mm -hmm. Could you go into that a little bit? Just the, the strengths that you see from that and the result that you've seen from that with your five kids as well? Yeah. Um, okay. So my natural personality is to be very go-getter, very, I'm very passionate. I'm, I'm the driving force of, of us as a couple. My husband is more laid back. He's more quiet, but he says the hard things when they need to be said to me or to our boys or whatever. And I'm not saying he's weak in any way, cause he's absolutely not. But me having to learn how to follow him as a husband has been an amazing journey. <laughs> it is not naturally me. I want to just do what I want and I don't want to listen to someone. But Mike has, over our 23 years, has, has showed me that I can trust him with my heart. And so that's benefited our family because we have all boys and we're raising them to be men, not to be boys. Uh, we saw early on how many moms would baby their boys. And I was like, yeah, that, that's not happening with me. Um, I want boys who are strong, who can lead their families. And sure, that looks different in different personalities because we have five that are different personalities. They're all so different. And so one thing that would work with one didn't work as well with the other. And you understand that because you have several kids. Um, but did I answer your question or did I miss something? No, that's, that's good. Okay. Um, so with that, what are some things that your husband brought to parenting that you couldn't have? You know, what are some things, um, you know, you just talked some about what yeah. your parenting would be like if you were on your own. So I'd love yeah. to hear how, how that was balanced just by having, you know, the other side um, in your relationship. Okay. Well, I have a funny story about that. And this kind of, uh, kind of shows what we're like as a couple. It used to be, you know, my dad, my husband is a, is a big guy. He, he's muscular and he doesn't necessarily smile all the time. And so people typically assume that Mike is this mean guy and he's, 
not very, you know, because he kind of gives off that, you know, you know, vibe. You've met him, you know, you know. Um, and so our kids, their their friends would come over and they'd be like, your dad is so scary. And the friends usually would find out that it was me that they needed to worry about. Not necessarily Mike. Mike will say what needs to be said, but he'll give people some slack. Whereas I'm like, yeah, you don't do that in my house. You know, either do, you know, follow my rules or get out, you know, basically, you know, and with all boys, you have to, because one boy, one brain, <laughs> two boys, half a brain and so on. And if you get a bunch of boys together, which we already had, they don't think. And they just do crazy things all the time. And pretty soon two of them are on the roof. And so I tended to be a more, a, you know, my mom lovingly a few times has told me, Brenda, you're, you're, you're maybe a little bit too much like Hitler. You know, I would, and I, ha and I have more of that controlling personality. So I had to learn and Mike helped me to learn how to not control, but lead the boys, especially when he was gone. That was probably the hardest times in my life uh, as a mother, because I would be like, go do that, you know, and, and, but yet a couple of them were teenagers. And so I kind of had to start letting go. And, and so God's used all these things to really bring about a lot of strength within our relationship, because my husband has always made sure that we have date night. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it was just window shopping because we couldn't afford anything else, but we were out together. Um, he's always made sure that that was a priority and our relationship was a priority. And I've taken his lead and I don't, you know, the kids are not the center of our lives. They're, um, what would I call it? They're valued members but they're not the center. And I think that's another way that a lot of women get things wrong. They have children and then, oh, the ch you know, and that's their focus rather than, and then their husband is pushed off to the side. They may not fix themselves up that, you know, like there's all these things that have, as the woman gets comfortable and her focus is in maybe not the right place. I mean, I'm not saying that the, the children don't need your time and all of that. I'm just saying, you know, keep fixing yourself up. Keep, you know, keep dating your husband, you know, just, just be that amazing person that you were when you guys got together. I mean, and it gets better, but that's so important, you know? So. Yeah. I like, like that, how you mentioned, you know, you're, you're still focus on your husband. Don't just focus on your kids. Um, but then also you mentioned something about, how you had to learn not to just control, but uh -huh. to lead. And those, those two things, I mean, that's so interesting because it's like, those are not the same, you know, mm -hmm. controlling the situation is not the same as leading. And just thinking through that as a parent, you know, that's mm -hmm. such a good distinction that those are not the same. And so, yeah. I mean, as a parent, but in any, in any realm, uh, in any sphere of influence, uh, if you have a leadership role, leading is very different than controlling. Yep. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. Uh, this came up a little bit, but I would love to hear your definition of strength. Um, so as a woman, what does it mean to be strong? I mean, you mentioned some, some things that maybe, 
uh, people naturally think of or the world might think of, okay, this is what a strong woman does. Uh, but I would love to hear what you think strength is and maybe how that's different than um, what people might assume strength is. Okay. Well, I think that the biggest difference for me in the word strength is how the Bible defend, defines it as women and the different examples of, of strong women in the Bible. I mean, there's so many and so many differences in what they did, but yet all of that. So I guess for me, uh, confidently following and trusting my husband, that is a definition of who I can be as a strong woman of, of faith. Um, another way, another thing, another example to me of strength is, is a woman who is willing and confident enough to ask other women for help when we need it. Especially my personality, that is very difficult. And it was very difficult as I, you know, as I grew up in Christ, especially because I was like, oh, I got this. Oh, and then I would fail miserably and feel like a failure and all of those ugly yuck things that I had told myself before would come back up and I would, and Satan used those things to help me feel like a failure and like, you know, just press me down and those things didn't help me. So when I started realizing I needed other women, I needed, you know, women that were, um, strong women of faith, but also not in my age and stage. I needed a multiple of different ages and stages within my life because you need that gal who walks alongside you in your same age and stage. You need that older woman helping you to realize, you know, that's really not going to work out the way that you think it is in, you know, so they're gently leading you to, you know, your right, which Yes, there's biblical principles that are, this is right, this is wrong. But what I'm, what I'm saying when I, when I say leading you to your right, the personality of your family, the age and stage, your relationship with your husband, everything that's gone into you as a person, all of these things come into who you are as a Christian. And so finding your right is going to look so different from somebody else's right. And so, you know, those are, those are some of the things. And I did write some notes just because I wanted to make sure I had a few points. Another um, thing about strength in my mind is moral, high moral standards. Um, but not just saying, I believe this, this, and this, living it. Because I've seen so many Christians who are one way at the church building and some way else you know, at a different time and be who you are. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks, what the church, you know, I mean, there are moral principles that we are to follow, but there are many that are left up to us. There are many that we have to really think about and really decide what that means for us. And it's not going to look the same, you know, some, you know, the, probably the biggest example I can think of is alcohol. You know, many think that, no, it's absolutely wrong. And maybe it is for them. And then there's other people that are like, you know, no big deal here and there, whatever. Now, I don't want to go off on that topic because 
I believe that everyone has their own choices in that. It's the drunkenness, you know, needing it, whatever. I, I believe those things are wrong. Absolutely no questions asked. But I think that there's a lot of area where we can choose as Christians and definitely in who we're around and things like that. Um, you know, and the holier than thou thing needs to stop because we're not helping other people want to be Christians by, you know, parading ourselves around, you know, in our fancy outfits and stuff like that. And it's not about that, but I see, again, a lot of Christians that put on this face and it's not really who they are here. So be who you are. You're, you're, you know, I'm a very passionate person. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that's translating here, but God gave me this on purpose and he's given me platforms to use it and to be able to not preach to people, but say the hard things, you know, especially in groups of women, that's hard sometimes because, you know, as little kids we're taught, you do these things, even when you're not, excuse me, in a Christian home, you know, you're taught the, these are the right things. And I kind of break all of those rules <laughs> usually. <laughs> um, but it doesn't mean that the that we're less than other other people. You know, it's 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 so fluid. It's such a fluid concept. We can we can use our gifts and our strengths, but also our weaknesses to be the most amazing, you know, people for God. And we don't have to be look like this. We don't have to say this. You know, we can be who we are and use those things to glorify God. And I guess the last thing would be. Um, to overcome our natural propensities, you know, maybe not fully in every single situation, but my idea of strength is, you know, to push aside the things that are natural propensities in my personality that don't glorify God. Cause I have some <laughs> and probably all of us do, but I know I do. <laughs> um, so just use those to build the kingdom rather than tear it down, you know? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, so many points <laughs> that you brought out, but that, um, you know, we, we need to yield ourselves to the Lord. And so some of those things that come naturally to us are not what the Lord would want us to do. And so yielding those to him. Um, but then I, I also love that you, you brought out that even if your personality or your strengths and your weaknesses do not line up with what you've been taught. Oh, you know, this is what it needs to be. Well, the Lord, the Lord made you with your strengths and your weaknesses, and he wants to use those. Um, and yeah, he doesn't want you to just, you to use those however you want. He wants you to give those to him, but he wants to use you and your strengths um, in, in the manner that he wants. He didn't, he didn't make those, you know, it, it wasn't a mistake. So even if that's not, it doesn't line up with, you know, oh, this is exactly, you know, this is the path for uh, every believing woman, you know, even if it um, doesn't look like what other people think, that's fine. You know, it's what does the Lord think? Um, you mentioned about community and needing other people and different ages and stages, you know, not just staying in um, everyone who's in the same stage as you. I would right. love, I would love to hear how you've seen, um, community 
and the body of Christ uh, and the necessity of that, um, how you've seen that in your life, uh, how you've seen, you know, both for struggles and for successes, how you've seen the necessity of the body of Christ in your life. Okay. Well, my husband was about 15 when his family moved to Montana to go to this church. And that's where I was born and raised as a Christian. Okay. And it was a very negative church experience. There was a lot of judgment, a lot of belittling one another. There was a lot of gossip. It was terrible. Uh, and it came from the preacher down. Um, so that community was not positive for me in any way. It made me bitter. It made me struggle with wanting relationships, true relationships. I held tight to the people that I could trust, but there were few. There were very few. So I kind of cut myself off from community because I felt attacked constantly. Um, Mike and I have always been out of the box people. And that's not really popular in churches. Um, so for that, I would say that mostly it became a lot of work that I, I realized that I needed to do on my own heart, that it wasn't about others. It was my fault. I had to take responsibility for things that I thought. Um, so it was really positive in the end. I do wish that we would have gone away from that church a long, a, a long time before we actually did. But my husband just wasn't there. So I was patiently, patiently <laughs> waiting. Uh, we had many discussions about it. And I just had to realize that he wasn't where I was. And I just needed to trust him and not be angry at him because he, he chose to keep our family there. And I feel like now in hindsight, eight years later, it was really good that he chose that because especially our older, um, two of our older kids have realized that was then, this is now, and totally different. I believe that they wouldn't be Christians today if we would have stayed there. But that time was good because we stood our ground and we stood firm as a couple. And so it bonded us together even more because, you know, we already had his ex-wife and we had my ex-in-laws that were constantly trying to <laughs> create problems. And God just used it to be strengthening to us as a couple. And so I guess the thing that I would impart on this is be careful about the community that you choose to surround yourself with because we are, and God made us this way, especially as women, we are the sum of the five people that we spend the most time with. And that's been said by so many important people, important, you know, um, it's so, so, so important when it comes to church and who we are as Christians, because we end up being a lot like the people around us. And that was negative for me, very negative. And I've had to repent and do a lot of changing in my own heart. It's been really positive because God's made it that way. But there's been some pain, a lot of pain actually involved in all of that. So it, um, 
yeah, be very careful about who you choose to hang around with. Because even, even at the church we go to now, there aren't a lot of out-of-the-box thinkers. They're wonderful people. Wonderful, wonderful people. But we still have to be very guarded on who we hang out with and who we don't because we're told to. <laughs> you know, the scripture talks about it. So it doesn't mean people are bad. It just means be careful. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's interesting. The the influences that you let in your life, um, be intentional about that. And I mean, like you said, just you may be in a situation where there are negative influences and even then, okay, you have to decide who, who am I going to let speak into my life and influence my life and who, um, you know, you're, that doesn't mean, you know, you're still going to talk to other people and share with them, but who are you going to be where, okay, this is not a good influence in my life. So I'm not going to be as open with them. That's interesting. And I um, want to interject one thing, it. if you don't mind. Sometimes family members are in that. And Mike's mom, we don't have anything to do with her now. She she chose some negative things. And as far as standing against us with the church that my husband was raised in, and... She hasn't, it, it's not, it's, it's created some family problems and it's been good because again, it's pushed Mike and I closer and we've had to take some really firm stands with, with regard to his mom Mm -hmm. and that's okay. It, you know, the scripture talks about separating mother-in-law from dot, you know, it, it talks about how sometimes the right thing is different to us and sometimes that will separate and it's okay just mm-hmm. go with it just trust God that he knows what's right because honestly not having my mother-in-law in our life at this point has been positive she's a very negative person so it's been very positive and hopefully someday that can change and my heart isn't hard toward her I'm just you know it, it is what it is mm-hmm. so just go with it you know you're going to have those times. So you have shared lots of different struggles. I mean, even before you were saved, things um, right after you were saved. And it sounds like the the church that you were growing up in as a believer right after being saved, there were a lot of hard things there and even hard things the past few years. Um, but you also were mentioning about how that that was like a sign to you that you needed to do work on your own heart. And then even what you just mentioned, um, about how you hope that relationship changes in the future. Um, I would love to hear, um, what are some things that you, you did or some things that the Lord led you to, to not be bitter, to not stay in a place of, um, you know, looking at other people and what they were doing and focusing on the negatives of that. Um, cause I think that, that can be a real struggle, you know, <laughs> cause there are, are tough things and hard things. Well, how do you walk through that and not take on a spirit of bitterness against other people or not use those as reasons, um, to not follow the Lord or things like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I guess the biggest thing that I've realized, and this has been a 10 year thing where I feel like the last 10 years of my life, because of the age and stage of my children, it has pushed me to realize 
it, it seems like every five years, things are completely different from the five years prior. And, you know, if you think about the harvest and how, how many times that's brought up in the scripture and, and how we grow and then things are cut off and then they're burned and we, you know, and you know this as well as I do, we learn more in the valleys than we do on the mountaintops. The mountaintop times are only going to be short. They're going to be short periods of time. So me, myself, I've learned to embrace the hard times because honestly, the hard times, if I look back at all of my Christianity, but even my life prior to Christ, the things that I've learned and the, the mistakes that I've made are the things that have shaped me to be who he needs. And so bitterness has been a very hard thing for me. Um, it's not, it's, it's still a fluid concept for me because I'm still working hard on my heart because I do have some pretty strong feelings toward a few people. Um, and that's not, that's not spiritual. That's not spiritual thinking. So I guess it has motivated me the last, especially 10 years to realize how often do you make mistakes? You, you, Brenda, you know, how often do you hurt people? It happens. I don't mean to, and I don't have a, a spirit of being that way, but it happens. And so what's encouraged me the most is watching other women struggle and just be so angry and hold on to everything. And it's, it's made me realize I'm doing the same, you know, I've, I've done the same thing a few times. And so it's pushed me to get rid of that ugly because, you know, really light and darkness cannot dwell in the same place. It doesn't happen. It might happen in Alaska here and there, but really, okay. It's, it's, it's not spiritual. And so I had to remember, are you being spiritual? Are you choosing to be angry? Are you choosing to take this into yourself and just stew on it? And my natural tendency is to worry and to just stew on things. And a good friend of mine taught me to just write it down, put it in a bucket and let it go. And that was seriously life-changing for me because I didn't know because my mom is a worrier. She, you know, you know, and it's, it's not her fault, but I mean, that, that I'm that way, you know, naturally, but she set that in motion many years ago. And so I had a tendency early on in my Christianity to be more of a worrier, more of a lack of faith person. And when I started realizing that is on you, you know, always pointing at myself, it, it helped me to grow in ways that I couldn't have grown otherwise and just let things go and let God handle them okay, God, let's, let's talk about this. Let's, and I pray about it. And anymore, I, for the most part, I just let things go because I have no control over anybody else but me. So that's what I choose to do. I love hearing how, you know, because <laughs> different people have different struggles. So, you know, some people, they worry, anxiety, that's not a problem for them. Mm -hmm. um, so I love hearing you talk about things that you struggle with and um you know yeah there could be reasons why you struggle with them but it still takes bringing that to the lord and saying okay you know you you've got this and um 
And the Lord shows us those things, you know, he shows us the things where, okay, what is it that you are struggling with in your life? You know, what is it that you haven't yielded to him? And he's faithful that, you know, he'll keep bringing them up too. <laughs> and just, just hearing you talk about those and saying, okay, well, this is an area I struggle with. So this is one that I've, you know, had to, had to give to the Lord. Um, but then also hearing practically some of the ways that you've done that. Um, and, uh, you know, both things that have been brought up for you, but then how the Lord used a friend to also give you insight and help with that. Yeah. I just love hearing all of that. Um, yeah, God is so faithful. He's so faithful mm -hmm. to work with us. Um, would you mind sharing, um, some of that, the faithfulness of the Lord that you've seen over the past 10 years? Um, or it could be more recently, um, and we've had some conversations about walking by faith and, um, maybe you don't see the end and you're having to take steps and you just see the next step. Uh, would you mind sharing some of what that's looked like for you and your family, um, or you and your husband in this, this phase of life, walking by faith and just yielding things to the Lord, even when you don't see where it's going or you don't see the end? Yeah. Well, I, I think where I want to start is with teenagers because teenagers have a way of throwing us off our course. Uh, they start making choices and I don't care who the parent is. We have all made wrong choices. We've, we've let seeds grow in our children's hearts sometimes that we didn't realize because we just didn't know. Okay. We as mothers tend to take those teenage years to heart and struggle and feel inferior to other people and look at other people and go, man, if I could just have done that, I would be getting those, you know, those rewards. My, my kid would be making those decisions. And for the last 10 years, um, I've really seen a lot of that in our own kids. Um, we have some awesome ones that were awesome as teenagers and some not so awesome ones. And unfortunately, our first child to leave home made every wrong choice there was, even though he was raised, well, he was raised part-time at our house and part-time at his mom's house. I get that. It was a hard pill to swallow, though, because we thought we were overcoming those things. We thought we were just really being the example, not just speaking words. So when he made choices that he made, we were like, what the heck? What happened? Like, why? But then we also had all these people, blah, 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 you know, talking about us at church. And it was a hard pill to swallow and realize that, yeah, we did make some mistakes, but God, God has really helped me over the last 10 years to realize that is a condition for you're going to do the best you can do with your teenagers and with your kids before then. But, and we give them tools as parents, they have to open that toolbox. That's not on us. We have to have faith and pray for them more, but, and, but we also as mothers cannot internalize, we can't control, we can't, 
save them from all of their problems. We have to let it just let it be God's. Because really, when you think about it, God's the one who loves our kids way more, way more than we could ever, ever think about. Uh, we don't, as humans, we don't think that because we don't see him. But he, the, the children are his. He might give them to us to raise, and we're the perfect person to raise those children. But that doesn't mean that things are going to go perfect, regardless of the, what church you go to, regardless of what friends they have. My best friend is one of the best people I know. She's one of the best parents that I know. And her oldest daughter ran away and got married without even so much as a thought about them and hurt them so badly, you know? And so when all that happened, I started realizing this isn't just my kids. This is like, this is what Satan tries to do is to, is to rip the family apart. Uh, but what I've also realized is thriving women raise thriving families. And so we as women need to be more in the word, pray more, give more to God, um, respect our husbands more. And all of these things are going to bring about peace within our own, without, within our own hearts. You know, I'm at peace with what happened you know, basically our two oldest sons have, they've had hard times and they've made wrong choices and uh, it's been hard to watch. But putting my foot down with, especially the oldest has been very positive and it's been another situation where other family members haven't loved it and it's, it's fine, <laughs> you know? St stand strong is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love Sorry. I love how you mentioned that, okay, even in struggles, even in tough times, you can thrive. Um, that's between you and the Lord mm -hmm. and yielding things to him. And then also other people's decisions, including your kids. Um, yes, you want to raise them well, but they still make their own decisions. And it can be tough when you see your kid making a decision that you're like, no, don't do that. Um, when they make it anyway, not to put that on yourself but it's not on you. And so like you said, just giving those things, giving those things. And may, may I add one more point? Yes. When the children get older and get married, because we have three that are married and two that have children. I just got to tell you, ladies, the older children are harder than babies. I, I don't want to burst your bubble and don't make it be this crazy terrible thing that you're afraid of, but it is harder because you as a parent, you have to learn to just trust God to take care of all of that. You got to pray for them a whole lot more because they're in the adult realm. They're going to be influenced. They're going to make the wrong decisions as far as their children go. Sometimes they're going to make decisions that are different, you know, and here's an example. We were ardently against Halloween when our kids were growing up. Oh, so against it. We wouldn't have anything to do with it. The lights were off. We never went places. We were a little crazy about it. I, I'll be honest about that. We, and seriously, our kids that, that have kids, yeah, they celebrate Halloween. It's okay. No one's going to die. <laughs> you know, it's just different than what we, what we chose to do. And I, even now I feel like we were a little too crazy on 
you know, some of those things. We, we didn't celebrate Easter in the traditional way because the Easter bunny and all of the, you know, pagan things about that, but yet we celebrate Christmas. You know what I'm saying? And so our 20 year olds who are just married, they don't know. They think they know. And that's awesome. We kind of need that when we're in our twenties, <laughs> but just let it happen and just have an open communication, but don't try to control because that's easy to do. You know, even, even other people that I've talked to that don't have my, my personality have had an issue wanting to either, you know, um, take care of everything that they've chosen to do wrong or protect them or whatever. Just let them be, let them figure it out. Do your best, spend time with them, have a relationship, be open with them, but be careful. I love how you, I mean, it went back to control, you know, uh, being a good leader and a good influence <laughs> is not the same as controlling the situation. Uh, but it also ties back to what you were talking about, how your path is going to be different than someone else's. And so then just learning that with your kids too, where, okay, they're going to make different decisions and that's okay. Like it's okay. You don't have to control all their decisions. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. I've loved this conversation. Uh, could you yeah. share with people where they can go to find out more about you and what you do? Absolutely. Uh, like I mentioned before, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you could go to my blog at momsmixedfamilyblender.com. Um, or if you're interested in the, I, I did develop a, a program for women that teaches them how to thrive um, it teaches them, you know, things like what to do when your child is being bullied or is the bully, um, how to, how to have healthy boundaries with your spouse, how to teach your kids healthy boundaries, stuff like that, that helps women to thrive. Cause like I said before, thriving women raise thriving families. And so the, the more that we can do to work on our own hearts and be able to project what God has for us to project the better, you know, it's better for our marriage. It's better for ourselves. It's better for our kids and everyone else that's watching. And so if you're interested in that program, you can go to swc.momsmixedfamilyblender.com. I think it is. Yeah, I think so. All right. And I'll, and I'll put the links to those below this interview okay. as well. Thank you so much, Brenda. Thank you for having me. As you were listening to this podcast, you felt like the Lord brought something to mind that he wants you to do. If that sounds like you, then I have something for you. We have a monthly paid community specifically for women who feel called to more. My goal is to encourage you, to strengthen you, to build you up as you seek to obey whatever the Lord is calling you to do, whether that is to write a book to start a business or go in a new direction with your current business, to start a podcast or a YouTube channel, or to help a specific group of people that the Lord has put on your heart. Or maybe you feel called to more, but you're not quite sure what that would look like yet. Whatever He is calling you to do, I want to walk with you through that process. As you seek to do it not just 
for him in your own strength and wisdom, but to do it with him, following his lead and relying on him every step of the way. For more details, go to createdforstrength.com slash community. And right now, you'll also get a Created for Strength t-shirt with your first month's membership. Woohoo, a t-shirt! Now, I know that if the Lord is calling you to more, then this group will be helpful to you in knowing how to walk this thing out with him and in his strength. So go to createdforstrength.com community to get the t-shirt and to check out the community.